the fact that he God wanted a relationship with me even though I was at my worst, I think that is what blew me away. If you are stressed out, the best thing to do is go outside and get some fresh air. Happy New Year to you. Jason Dennis here for the 50th episode of Run the Race. We made it to 2021. Uh, we're about a week into the year now. Uh, hopefully you're you get a chance to listen to this episode and any of our previous 49 episodes. You can find those on WTVM.com slash podcast. We also are all over uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, uh, and also on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to any of the previous episodes or this one right here that you're listening to now, you can go to the bottom of the Run the Race podcast page and we'd love for you to write a review. Tell us what you think, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, hopefully you like this. We talk about faith and fitness on a pretty much weekly basis. But again, this is the 50th episode, and uh, we are so excited about continuing on this journey together of uh, uh, mind, body, and soul, uh, learning how to be better people. Uh, and we need that for the new year. Uh, you know, I don't really make New Year's resolutions, but I do make goals. You know, I, I do, I do want to be, you know, more kind to others. I want to be fitter. I want to be a better husband, a better father. Uh, those are just overall goals for me to read the Bible more and uh, continue running. And so those kind of things are what I'm really focused on. And, uh, and, and, and pray more as well. And we really need that as a nation right now. As I record this, we are just a few hours removed from uh, uh, protesters storming the U.S. Capitol building, breaking windows down and stopping uh, the certification, uh, at least temporarily, of President-elect Joe Biden. And uh, my pastor, Pastor Jay Bailey, uh, wrote something on Facebook. I wanted to read a little bit of it because, you know, he's uh, more eloquent than I am. Uh, he says, quote, I have realized America has been growing apart and becoming increasingly more divided for some time. Cultural tensions political factions, and racial strife have intensified, but these cannot be justifications for storming and breaching the United States Capitol building. Our love for America must propel us to be better and do better. It is in this time of societal upheaval and turmoil that we as Christians must appeal to ancient wisdom. And uh, he mentioned some uh, Bible verses that I'm going to uh, let you listen to at the, the end of this podcast. But he says, you know, prayer can move mountains, tame lions, hold back the sun, and calm the winds and the waves. Amen to that for sure. We, we need prayer. I saw somebody post on uh, social media as well. The reasons why I'm not panicking, number one, God. And that's really simply the, the end of the list. So there you go. Uh, speaking of lists, um, you know, we, we've uh, gotten to speak to a lot of extraordinary, amazing inspiring, motivating guests over the last, uh, I guess, 14 months that we've had the Run the Race podcast. So I thought the 50th episode, we would kind of have a, a best of. Uh, and uh, these are, n you know, um, not necessarily, you know, all the guests, but uh, probably about maybe half of them. I just uh, chose about, you know, one or two minutes from each of them, things that uh, maybe if you miss some episodes, you'll get some really some good inspiration, motivation to, to you know, dig into the Word, pray more, uh, get fitter, uh, run more, all kinds of things. And so uh, over the course of the last year or so, we've had about 9,400 plays, so almost 10,000 plays, almost there, folks. Um, so on the next hour or less, you're going to uh, get a chance to listen to some, some uh, great stories 
and uh, so, some great, you know, lessons learned from uh, some folks that I have had a chance to talk to. Uh, talked to a woman about her 1,000-mile bike ride uh, that uh, benefited the military and kids' causes. Uh, talked to legendary race director Lazarus Lake of Tennessee. A lot of you may know him. Also, faith-based filmmaker um, Alex Kendrick from Georgia. Talked to several black pastors and leaders who open up about racism in America, very timely issues. The Stroller Strong Moms boss, she talks about uh, how to slam, how to sweat like a mother or maybe father as well. Uh, we talked to, uh, I talked to several you know, Christian missionaries, one who actually was brought back to life after dying from a heroin overdose and uh, his turnaround. We talked to a doctor who's focused on Jesus while he's fighting COVID-19, treating patients. Um, also talked to several couples. Um, who, who came in here to the WTBM studio to talk to us, uh, giving us some advice on marriage, nutrition, exercise when it comes to running and getting in the gym. Also, some folks involved in you know various different sports, some former NFL stars, um, uh, a hockey coach named uh, Boom Boom, and also a karate sensei who uh, turned his life from being an atheist and a Buddhist to now a Christian activist and uh, somebody who is very proficient and teaches Tai Chi. You're going to learn about that. And the name of the of the podcast, Run the Race, is really focused on or, or, or partly comes from the Bible. Uh, a verse in Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Lay aside every weight and the sin which so in easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And it's really the race of life, the race of you know chasing after Jesus, uh, the race of uh, just trying to, to have a better body, to take care of ourselves so we can live longer for our family. And uh, I know that you know so many lives have been lost in this COVID-19 pandemic, and we pray for them. I pray for our nation. And uh, so, uh, you know, again, uh, hopefully we've been able to inspire you over the last year or more and continue to do so in 2021 to, to run the race of life. And uh, just just be better overall human beings. We're going to kick off some of the uh, best of with uh, some you know military heroes and supporters uh, because uh, you know military very close to my heart. Fort Benning just down the road from us here. Speaking of that, uh, somebody that uh, works there, uh, First Lieutenant Haley Johnson. She's a bodybuilder and also a reality TV star and Army nurse who won in the Titan Games, which is hosted by The Rock. She talked about uh, the obstacles in the, on that show and the obstacles in life. Um, and also uh, on Veterans Day uh, last year, we taught, we had an episode with a retired Army tank commander, Master Sergeant Jimmy Matthews, describing his 1,800-mile walk across the USA for issues like veteran suicides. And he talked about, you know, um, some personal traumatizing experiences in war. But uh, we're going to start things off uh, from uh, our episode number 40, Charlotte Gallagher, who did a solo bicycle ride across the entire USA, raising more than $3,000 for some uh, military and other nonprofits. She opened up about you know fears when it came to this ride in life, and and uh, broke down uh, how many miles she actually rode across this great nation. It was three thousand eighteen miles in eighty two days. Um, I had about twelve ish rest days, so I guess I did it in what seventy. Yeah. Days. Um, I wanted to do 3,000 miles. So I knew I was going to do 1,000 miles per month and then raise $1,000 per nonprofit for each organization I chose. So another reason I did it was hopefully to inspire others, you know, to go out there and pursue their dreams. Um, 
and just to invoke this sense of freedom and peace and just all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. Um, we need that, you know, I know they said like, Oh, stay indoors, stay indoors. But to me, it was more like, no, we should be outdoors. Like we should be in space and breathing and seeing this world. And, um, I just hope I inspired others to go out there and do that. I was going to pills every single day for 50 days. There was never a moment I wasn't, you know, chug-a-lugging up a hill. I'd scream at the heavens. I would literally scream out loud, ah, just like, just get it out, get it out. And then knowing, <laughs> okay, there's a downhill, there's a downhill, like, and then you go downhill and it feels amazing. Um, I cried a lot, cried a lot, but knowing this is temporary, this is temporary. And we say that in yoga a lot, like this too shall pass. And I think it's important to know that I grew up with anxiety. Um, I grew up with awful anxiety attacks, um, panic attacks that sent me to the hospital and it just really affected my quality of life until I found running and yoga and that totally flipped the switch for me. Before we get to know you a little bit about your history with uh, weightlifting and in the military, uh, I wanted to first talk about your experience on the Titan Games because you've competed several times as a champion and trying to defend your title. Uh, tell me about uh, most recently um, you were you were on the the TV show with The Rock, and uh, tell me about uh, I guess things didn't quite go as well as you'd hoped. Tell me about that the, the latest thing when it comes to that uh, the reality TV show. Yeah, so the last thing that happened was I lost on Mount Olympus, which is kind of the big culminating event that the entire show is surrounded upon. And I went into a comeback bracket is what they called it. So the three losers, me and the two girls that I had actually beat already, had to battle it out to try to go back to Mount Olympus. So fire coming out everywhere. Yes, fire coming out everywhere. Smoke coming out everywhere. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson walking out but filming over and over again. So it wasn't your turn to go. So I think you just had this adrenaline built up and then you'd have to calm yourself down. Nothing really prepares you for the two obstacles that we actually competed in. Because wow. one was like a fence that you had to scale sideways and it had like perpendicular ones that would come out. And then you had to leap to another fence that was, you know, perpendicular to you. And so it was kind of like the Titan Games, which is more strength-based, but more American Ninja Warrior. So I got those messages that were you know, um, you look like a man or why would anyone want to look like this? Or, you know, you look bigger than me. That's unattractive. And you just have to take it with a grain of salt because you're doing it for you. You're not doing it for anyone else. People, you know, that are listening, uh, you know, may do have regular walks maybe every day, but they're walking maybe two or three miles or something like that. I mean, 1800 miles is quite a bit. So how, I mean, you're a fit guy, uh, re, you know, retired army soldier. So, I mean, how is your body holding up with all this? I mean, is it, is it difficult, easy? Or? Um, to me, it was kind of easy cause I was just getting out of military. So I still was doing my physical, physical fitness, uh, almost every day. When you start retiring, you kind of slack off a little <laughs> bit, but, um, in the beginning, it was easy, and then when we took the break, like I didn't have any issues with my feet or any any blisters or nothing. So when we took that break uh, for COVID, after we started back again, then I got blisters. I didn't understand that you're out there helping someone, and you say we've had people to say, "Hey, you guys saved my life," and uh, they appreciate it. Whatever you need, just give me a call, you know. And, and we're doing it all for just just to help. Yeah, uh, and help organizations that are already established. Like John and I, 
we're just regular veterans that's out there. We don't have uh, anything to establish. And the biggest thing is just connecting those organizations. You'll be surprised that some organizations don't know about others. And we have people to come out, walk with us from different organizations. Oh, I didn't know that you did this. I didn't. This is what I do. You know, I provide food. I provide finances. I provide the medic, uh, medication or medical care. <clears throat> My first experience with deployment was a peacekeeping mission in Bosnia. Um, not much action there, but I did see, you know, death and carnage and stuff like that from the villagers uh, returning back to their village after you know we came in they were returning so the serbians were they left the landmines in place so <clears throat> you know kids going to be kids they're outside playing and they unfortunately stepped on a landmine so here i am 19 year old kid on gate guard having a mother bring her child to the gate asking for help you know missing a limb so that's kind of like a traumatic moment for me at 19 years old yeah you know most of the guests that i have about 75 percent are with me here in person at wtvm we keep social distancing during this pandemic but uh, occasionally I will interview somebody by phone, most likely because they are out of state and people maybe that are a little more famous and not from around here. So uh, uh, these next three guests, uh, I'm going to let you listen to some highlights from their interviews, uh, including the number one episode all time of Run the Race. This one has um, closing in on about a thousand plays. It's the race director for some of the biggest ones, including the Barkley Marathons, Lazarus Lake, the uh, hillbilly unique uh, man who uh, talked to me while he was walking miles and miles. He created the Barkley, talked about uh, how he created that uh, one of the, the toughest race maybe in the entire world. Also, we talk about the great virtual race across Tennessee, 630 miles over the summer of 2020, which I participated in, and uh, we talk about that. And uh, also, then I talked to p fellow podcast host and fellow GVRAT finisher, Denny Cray from Diz Runs. He talks to us about injury prevention and going easy on that running uh, to, um, you know, maybe not have some of those injuries that you have. I also spoke by phone with Georgia filmmaker, a famous one at that, Alex Kendrick, known for a Fireproof War Room and many others. He talks about the response to his film, the latest one, Overcomer, which was shot in Columbus, Georgia, and the parallels when it comes to uh, sports with uh, running and faith and cross country. There's a large screening of over 400 people where they have over 100 to come forward and profess faith in Jesus Christ. And those are incredible stories. Now, we've had just dozens and dozens of others where you would have a pastor give an invitation at the end of a screening. And this is not just in America. It's in Costa Rica, Peru, Brazil, many other countries where you would have numerous people, sometimes five, sometimes 20 to come forward. So we're, we're, so encouraged every time uh, we get a report from one of those. And we, you know, this podcast is about fitness and faith, which is your film uh, Overcomer. It's just about those two things as well. So, how do you think, you know, for you? Uh, and sometimes you put these into the movies, obviously. How do you think fitness and faith parallel with each other and can be, you know, kind of symbols for each other? Well, the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of running the race in Scripture, and, and all of us want to finish well, just like every athlete wants to finish well. In, in the case of cross-country, which is the sport and the movie Overcomer, you know, for that runner, 
to not only finish well, but but finish, you know, first or, or finish in, the, in the, you know, achieving their highest level of potential is what is so fulfilling. And to see these these runners, you know, a lot of people uh, question cross country as being a viable sport. But I would point out not only is it a great analogy of the spiritual walk, you know, sometimes you feel like you're running uphill and it's hot and dry and you're tired and sometimes you feel like you're running downhill in, in, the, in the breeze and it's great and we have good days and bad days but at the same time cross country is the only sport that from the time the gun fires and you start you do not stop until you cross the finish line unlike sports where you run a play and then there's a break and then you run another play uh, cross country you give it all you've got for the entire duration of the race the Barkley Marathon's coming back around in April, hopefully be able to have it uh, next year. And I know you guys, I mean, it's been a, um, it's a really a legendary race now. Only 15 finishers, I believe, in 34 years. You're the mastermind behind what some call the toughest race in the world. So how did that get started? I mean, was this, this just a kind of a, like you said, with the great virtual race across Tennessee, just an idea you had? Yeah, yeah. Time to think. It's a dangerous thing. I don't need time to think. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of backpacking and backpacking trips when I was younger. And one of the places that we would go was Frozen Head State Park. It wasn't a park then. It was just a forest. And uh, when we went with, uh, with other people, we saw these trails on the map around the, the perimeters that were just the contour lines looked like shading and we said man that's got to be some kind of a hike but we had to plan a trip for just me and raw dog because normal people are not really drawn to that kind of thing and so we went out there and we did the first barkley loop we started one morning and finished the next morning, camped overnight in the middle, backpacked it. And all the way we thought, what a race. What a race this would be. And I'm having the most fun, I think, following the, the people that uh, the 1,000K across Tennessee in a summer is going to be more than they ever dreamed they could do. Yeah, I mean, this is people are inspired to, to do something they've never done before. The mile will always be, in my mind, the most painful most painful event in, in running. And that third lap around the track is as close to hell as you can actually get without dying. <laughs> Maybe the majority of people don't love running because, you know, their knees hurt or their feet hurt or it's too hard and the, and the impact on the ground. Uh, and some people turn to trail running because of that. So what are some of the biggest questions you get as, as a coach and trainer in terms of preventing injuries? And, and are these things that can be uh, prevented when it comes to, you know, letting you keep running? Yeah, it, it's it's a great question, and it's certainly something that uh, I think anybody who runs has had folks that that don't run think that they're crazy and go, oh, I could never do I could never do what you do because you know, like you said, it hurts my knees or it hurts hurts my my shins or it hurts my my whatever you know, insert body part here as as far as why they can't run, and you know, the the coaching side of me and and the the athletic trainer side of me um, struggles to, with the thought that that there's probably a few people that just the way that their body's put together, maybe it's maybe running might not be the best thing for them. But for a lot of folks, 
Um, I think that the reason that running hurts because a lot of times they're, they're coming from experience. Like I, I, you know, I signed up for this Turkey trotter. I signed up for this, this, whatever, this, this, you know, couch to 5k program or whatever. Um, and, and it just hurt. Like I had these body parts that hurt. Um, so they're coming at it from, from a truthful situation. But I think that what gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times is that they try to do, try to do too much too quickly. So, you know, instead of starting out real slow, instead of starting out with, with quote unquote, just running or maybe even just walking, a half a mile, you know, they, they set out to run that first 5k and run the whole thing. And so they're just pushing themselves way more than what their body is capable of right now. But I think that in a lot of cases, a lot of those common running injuries, your plantar fasciitis, your IT band issues, your shin splints, some of those types of things maybe aren't completely preventable, but a lot of cases could be prevented if we just slowed down, if we didn't try to run so hard all the time, because that's something that, that even more advanced runners can send, sometimes get themselves in trouble with is, is pushing the pace pushing the effort on every single run instead of, you know, really recognizing that it's, it's okay to run easy. Uh, in fact, it could be maybe more beneficial to run easy most of the time because it's a little bit less wear and tear on the body. Um, and, and that allows your body to recover more between runs, which helps to alleviate any soreness as well. And then the other thing, like I said earlier, just to, to remember that, you know, when you're starting out, when you're, when you're still fairly new to the sport, like don't compare yourself to other folks. Don't compare yourself to somebody who's been running for weeks or months or years or decades. Like, just focus on what you can do. You know, last year we uh, dealt with a lot of racial tension and unrest uh, throughout the country. Uh, we've had a lot of political unrest as well. Uh, but I talked to several guests over the last year about battling racism the way God wants us to. One of those guests was urban author and Christian activist Baron Elias Clave. Baron talked to us about you know racial um, tension and what we can learn from Jesus. He's the leader of a movement called Block Huggers. Also talked to us about his book, which is about joy and suffering. Then in episode number 30, uh, my pastor, my brother-in-law, Jay Bailey, uh, talked about loving others in the face of uh, racial relations and, and also talked about God's call for us to take part in missions. That episode, one of my favorite titles, was uh, From Jamaica to Jesus to U.S. Citizens. So Pastor Jay talks about that. We also talked about racial injustice and police-involved deadly shootings of African-Americans with a former NFL player and current pastor, Bishop Michael Grant Jr. He talks about uh, how he respond to uh, those those incidents and uh, talked about uh, the correlations between fitness and faith. First of all, as a human, uh, my heart goes out to those um, and their families who have suffered those uh, suffered loss. Uh, but as a as a man of God, it's important that my position is different from the masses. And by that, I mean that uh, we're supposed to allow our lights to shine. The Bible tells us in Matthew 5 and 16 that our light should shine so that men can see our works and glorify God. How I approach, even though I may feel a certain way, how I respond should be different from the norm. And so that to me says that I should be the voice of reason to those who perhaps are angry and are responding in anger and are doing so in a way that is not in alignment with the law. So, um, you know, yeah, using using my platform as a pastor to encourage others, you know, 
peaceful protest is your right as a citizen in the United States of America, but where you go beyond that, doing that the right way and making sure that you manage yourself and conduct yourself appropriately, I think is where we should find ourselves and what we should promote or what I choose to promote as a human and as a man of God, man of faith. So it's vitally important that we stand up, speak what we believe in, protest the right way. But at, at the end of the day, it all boils down to prayer. Prayer, it gets a bad rap because it seems like it's uh, evasive or it's not, you know, taking firm action. But prayer is powerful. God, God sanctions prayer. And when we pray, he hears us and he begins to cause things to work in our favor. For Christians who look at this issue, kind of stand back and say this racial unrest and this, like you said, the, the confrontations between police and African-Americans, what can Christians do to kind of help stand in the gap there? Yeah, yeah. I think it's first, man, listen. Um, you know, the Bible talks about in James to be slow to speak, uh, quick to listen, and um, and just, you know, compassion. Compassion goes a long way. And being amongst the people, you look at the life of Jesus. And so people ask me a lot of times, you know, what is this idea of block huggers, right? And so I, t- I take the scripture when uh, Jesus and John talks about that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Um, I don't really use in the, the, the message Bible, but the message Bible says he moved into the neighborhood. And so it's just being amongst the, the, the broken, the hurting. But we all know the, as I say in my context, the beef, the hostility. Word for beef is hostility. So you look at, um, I'm reminded in John chapter 4 when Jesus um, goes specifically to Samaria. He says, you know, I, I, basically this is an appointed time. And he's talking to the woman at the well. And I can't steal credit for this because I heard this from uh, Dr. Tony Evans in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I was at a conference and he, and he broke down that text. And he was basically like, well, we tried to accomplish over 400 years of racism. And Jesus accomplished in four hours. He said he put his Jewish lips on a Samaritan cup. <laughs> wow. And so it's just basically being with people and, and inviting people into your home. One of the great weapons and platforms for the gospel is um, hospitality. So invite people that if you are African-American, invite whites in your house. If you got tension with Latinos, invite Latinos in your house. What would you say to Christians when, when, when they say, Pastor, what can I do? How can I help? What, what, what can I do? Because, you know, maybe I'm not going to go protest or I'm not going to do this. But how can I help bridge the divide and kind of he- help heal America? You know, I love that question. And I think that the most practical and the most powerful thing to do is just love your neighbor as yourself. You know, when we just practice Christian love, that is the greatest sermon of all. You know, build relationships with those that are of a different color. Live it out. Honor people. If we will do what Christ tells us to do, we can make an impact on our local level. And can you imagine, Jason, if every Christian in America became very intentional in loving your neighbor irrespective of skin color? it would change the culture and the dynamic of what's going on in America. It's the power of love, right? And Christ gave us that challenge and that commission uh, to take the good news, his love, his grace, his sacrifice, his death on the cross, his resurrection um, and ascension to the right hand of God the Father. And he said, take it to the, to the entire world. This good news cannot be uh, for oneself. 
It's to be given away. And so at the very heart of Christianity is this compelling pursuit to share what Christ has done for me, what Christ has done for you, and let others know that they can experience the gift of salvation. So missions is not only giving, it is going. And it's a wonderful hybrid between that. We want to be generous in our giving, but we also want to go whether it's right here in our own community or across to the, the continents of the seas. These next highlights are from uh, folks who talked about some inspiration when it comes to uh, taking care of your body, which is very important as we uh, start this new year of 2021. Um, episode number 11 of the Run the Race podcast and one the, the fourth most popular overall out of my 50 episodes now. Uh, it's called Slam, Sweat Like a Mother. Uh, she is the boss of Stroller Strong Moms here in the Columbus Forbidding area. Rebecca Paul talks about that organization, talks about motivation to get fit, stay fit, uh, how that helps with stress, and uh, her, her, her message to women and her unique take when it comes to scales and checking your weight. Also talked to fellow runner and friend and father of five, all those kids adopted, by the way, Jimmy Davis, uh, who has run five marathons with me. He talks about his nutrition advice because he has got his master's degree in that. And he also talked about um, losing his young niece to cancer and running the Marine Corps Marathon in her memory. Before we could get to the, even get to the marathon, she passed away. So it turned from her honor into her memory, which is, you know, you think of somebody 26 years old. I couldn't imagine. I, I look back at all the, ch several kids, you know, you see the commercials for St. Jude, all the children. I'm sorry, but I can't imagine my child going through that. And my brother, his child, my niece, you know, it breaks your heart. So it became her memory, and we raised almost $2,300 for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society for yeah. this race. Yeah, and you wore her uh, picture on your back, I believe, yes. for the race. Yes, yeah, I had a, had the purple shirt for teaming training, her name and uh, on my shirt, her picture on my back. Several people came up to me, gave me a hug, saying, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. And just several times I was out there running, I was thinking, all right, all right is she pushing me? Am I, or is she carrying me? You talked about how you watch what you eat, but yes. how can people, what's the kind of the, the secret to really kind of uh, following through on those uh, nutrition goals that people have for the new year? It all begins with nutrition, proper nutrition. Diet is a bad word. Think about what you want to put into your body that's good for you versus just eating when you're hungry or when you're snacking. Um, I tell people to stay away from high fructose corn syrup. If that's in an, if that ingredient is in your food, you're going to tend to eat more calories. For the simple fact, it makes you think, well, natural foods or even natural sugar, when you eat, it makes you feel full. With high fructose corn syrup, after you eat it, your body doesn't understand it, so you don't feel full, so therefore you eat more calories. But when it comes to being healthy, it starts with nutrition. You cannot exercise, eat healthy, and lose weight. That's the simple fact because you need your, your daily life activities, going to work, walking around, just doing everyday activities, you're going to lose weight. So it all begins with proper nutrition. Cut sugar, cut your calorie intake, 
limit your proportion your portion sizes So what would you say to, to women, and, and for that matter, dads and men as well, but what would you say to women intimidated by working out? Maybe they feel like they don't have time for it. You know, I've got so much I've got to do, and when I when I have some free time, I just want to, you know, uh, take a nap or read a book or something. You know? and, and that's important too, and that's good mental. You need some mental time alone. But I just can't stress enough how important it is to move your body. I mean, if you are stressed out, the best thing to do is go outside and get some fresh air. I mean, don't be intimidated by slam and don't be intimidated by fitness. And there's a lot of vulnerability when it comes to starting something new. And it's okay to be vulnerable because everyone who shows up to the class for the first time is scared. And it's okay to be scared, but it doesn't matter your fitness level. We have moms of all shapes and sizes. Stroller Strong Moms is a stroller-based functional fitness program Basically, the purpose is for stay-at-home moms. And then and when it's seasonal, we have evening classes for working moms um, to just be able to come to the park, be outside, get moving, and just be a great example for their kids. We never had a scale in our house. but we So that's never been like a thing for me. Um, I, I don't think, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is like taboo, but I kind of think scales can be dangerous. I think if you feel good, and you're eating well, and you're taking care of yourself, then that is gonna it's gonna work. But I, uh, we do have moms that maybe were cheerleaders or dancers, and they do have that tendency to like take you know get on the scale a couple times a day. And we want to eliminate that kind of. It's not about the way you look; it's about how you feel. Well, 2020 was definitely a year of turmoil, and uh, so I talked to numerous guests about faith in the face of crisis. And one of my favorite interviews uh, during this Run the Race uh, tenure I've had so far was with Andrew Chalmers, a former heroin addict, now the director of the Take the City Ministry. He talks about uh, losing everything, almost his life, and, and how God helped him uh, turn everything around. Uh, these next two are uh, actually top 10 episodes all time so far. Uh, Trey Rager, uh, who did an almost 40-day only water fast during the pandemic. Uh, he talks about uh, how he got through that uh, with the strength from the Lord. And then I also talked to Dr. Grant Scarborough, who is a uh, from a Christian nonprofit a health organization, uh, Mercy Med, who talks about treating coronavirus patients and uh, talked about my uh, COVID-19 Miles of Hope, which uh, was supporting them, uh, raised about $7,000 uh, for Mercy Med, their nonprofit. I ran 19 miles and he talked about meeting me uh, in the middle of that event. I don't know what you look, look like at lap 135, but at lap 35, you look great. You're talking, you're singing 80 songs at that oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very <laughs> impressive. Um, well, the reality is, like, I really feel like we're at the beginning of the COVID fight, uh, truthfully, is that uh, we are um, testing and treating. Um, we've tried to flatten the curve, which I feel like we've done. The governor says he's going to, you know, open some things up come Friday. Uh, and then the curve, I think, will go back up. And so, you know, this money now is literally for continuation of testing and treating, testing and treating, because I, I really don't think this is ending anytime soon. And so it costs money to do this, and this just helps us be able to do it even longer and test more folks and see more folks in the clinic. So thank you so much for 
um, at least 35 laps of running. I don't know if you finished the rest or not, but I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> I um, did. I did all 19 miles. So, and, and uh, we uh, had a lot of people on there, very passionate about what you guys are doing. So, I appreciate all all, all y'all are doing because you're you're risking yourselves to to help other people. You know. Well, I was I was uh, in full hazmat gear today. Wow. And we spray all the rooms are, are plastic. The ceiling's plastic. We spray in between every patient. We have to wait five minutes to let it dry. You know, for me, it's a mixture of caring folks physically and spiritually. It's, hey, you know, we have medicine that, that God's provided for us to have to help treat folks. But we also have prayer. And let's do both of those things. Let's not say let's only pray. Some folks say let's only pray. Um, and I think prayer can heal. Um, some folks say let's only do medicine. I, I think there's room in the middle to say let's do both. Let's call on God to do what he does. And let's also do what we can do and, and go to doctors and, and ask questions and see what we can do to get better. And so, um, man, I love Jesus uh, and I love science and, and I have no problems with both of them. And I think they come together beautifully. Take us back to your life where you, you know, hard drugs, life on the streets, all the way now transformed into an evangelist for God with a growing family. Start with, you know, um, how far you fell because I, it sound, you know, I, I know from your story and, and us being friends that you, you hit rock bottom. From 15 to 21, I struggled with, with addiction and really, like, lost myself in it. I lost my my motivation. I, I lost my ethics. I like things I said I would never do. You know, the way that my parents raised me really became a person that I, that I wasn't. Um, it like robbed me of who I was. The drugs just completely took over. And what happened because of that, I lost my job, my apartment, lost my car. Um, you know, just one thing after another, eventually lost all my money maxed out all my credit cards, you know the story, like boom, 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 boom. And then um, eventually, towards the end, uh, I actually almost lost my life. Uh, one of the most scary things that happened to me was a drug overdose. And um, This was uh, heroin or opioids? Yeah, this is, just op- a mix- this is a mixture of actually a bunch of drugs that I had taken. And I, I remember they, I was in the hospital. I didn't know where I was. I, I had blacked out and was completely unconscious and I was dying. My heart was stopping and, uh, they resuscitate me. And when they resuscitated me and they gave me, um, these drugs to bring me back, I remember just thinking like, this can't be real. You know, this can't be real. This can't be happening. And um, I didn't believe it was real. I thought I was like in a dream. Like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, I didn't understand. But I looked at the doctor and I said, bring my mom. And I I didn't even know if my mom was there. I don't know why I asked it. But my mom was actually at the hospital. And my mom comes in and she just had this look like it's over. Like she literally looked like I had died, you know. Um, Like she had just experienced watching her son die or something, you know, which she pretty much just had. The fact that he God wanted a relationship with me, even though I was at my worst, I think that is what blew me away. That God wanted relationship. He He wanted to bring me into that relationship, even though I was like the opposite of everything I knew I should have been. Like I was doing a lot of really bad stuff, but He still wanted me, and that's like, you know. And I think that's the the good news that I really discovered. People at home or maybe listening to this on the podcast, 
the, I guess the first question they may have is why in the world would you do a 37-day uh, or I know you were the goal was 40-day strict water fast, I guess water with electrolytes. So tell me about what was the, the thinking behind um, doing this? So um, as a Christian, you know, anybody that's, that God really leads into a fast, um, you know, right away by being obedient to step into that fast, you're, God loves you and he's, he's blessing you and you're blessed just by being obedient for stepping into it. And at the time I was really just planning on maybe going for, you know, four or five days at average. But after the uh, first three, four days, of fasting and after that kind of that the, the toxins came out and you started to feel a little bit better and the first uh kind of the headache started to go away a little bit i really kind of found myself in a place uh, really level-headed in a place of clarity and the lord was just speaking into me and telling me to keep going and that he gave me a lot of strength and confidence in, in that moment and i felt like i could just drink water forever you know i didn't need to stop and A lot of my uh, interviews and guests for Run the Race have been one-on-ones, but uh, in this next group of highlights, I have uh, some couples I interview. In fact, three couples, and a lot of them talking about faith and fitness and how those connect when it comes to their marriage and when it comes to athletics. And uh, last Valentine's Day, uh, I had Reggie and Carolee Luther on uh, telling their love story, but also they are the leaders of Columbus Roadrunners and the running store Big Dog Fleet Feet here in the West. Uh, West Georgia area. Uh, they have an important message for those intimidated by running, um, including um, you know getting the right gear uh, so that you're safe when you're running and not being injured or getting chafed at all. I also talked months ago with married wellness experts Dayton and Karen Preston. Uh, they talked about the food you're eating, the sleep you're getting, uh, the exercise that you're participating in, and how all that can uh, help or hurt the stress you're going through, where whether it's the start of a new year like this or, or any time during the year, maybe when you're trying to get that beach body for the summer. And then my second guest ever in episode number three, uh, bodybuilder and retired Army captain Lauren Fuller and his new wife at the time, Kathy, a personal trainer at a gym I go to. And uh, they talk about nutrition, getting in shape, motivation to go to the gym. We all need that. And uh, Lauren also talks about, uh, you know, how nutrition is different for him when he's doing those bodybuilding competitions. You have to pay particular amount of attention to, you know, the nutrition aspects of things. Me, as a bodybuilder, it's going to be on a more extreme end than the average person. The average person does not need to take in 3,200 to 3,600 calories a day. That's what I do, Okay. But that's so that I can sustain muscle and so that I can promote muscle growth. So, and, you know, even when I'm inside of prep mode, the diet's the same. It just is more strict. I tell most people, especially in my classes, I'm like, you know, the question is not whether or not you want to be in shape. The question is, what shape do you want to be in? So find your why. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this to lose weight? Are you doing this to feel better about yourself, to get healthier? I want you strong inside the gym so that you can live long outside the gym. So the healthier you are, obviously, the chances are greater that you're going to live longer. So, yes, I want you to be strong inside, but I want you to live long outside. So that's why I tell people, just find your why. Why are you doing this? Yeah, and I saw you had a recent, um, uh, shared a post, a quote recently on Facebook. It says, don't you dare complain about your weight if you are doing nothing about it, right? So we hear people all the time. I have friends that say, oh, I'm – 
you know, I'm, I'm 20 pounds overweight or, or I, I just can't seem to, to, you know, uh, get any traction, you know? So, I mean, how do you, you know, they're, they're giving that excuse. They said, I'm, I'm just giving up, you know? I love it when people say, I just don't have time to work out. Well, if we're open 24 hours. So if you can't find time in 24 hours, now you have to be willing to sacrifice something. You sure. may not be able to, if you've got an extra 30 minutes to watch TV, spend that 30 minutes watching a TV inside the gym while you're on the treadmill or riding a bike. So don't say that I just don't have time or I just don't feel like it. Well, I don't feel like having a heart attack either. So if you keep putting those foods in your mouth, you're actually determining whether or not your future is going to be long or not. What would your message be for those that perhaps are intimidated by running or maybe they say, oh, it's painful for me? Because I'm sure you've heard that a lot at places like Big Dog Fleet Feet and maybe somebody new to Columbus Roadrunners. Well, what I try to tell people is, you just got to keep at it. You keep working at it. You keep going out and doing it over and over and over again. And the thing is, is you're going to hurt some because any sport has some pains, growing pains, so to speak. Uh, but if you keep practicing at it and you follow the correct form, then you're going to get better at it. It'll be easier. You have a group that does it with you, like Reggie said, the social aspect. It all kind of works together and makes it easier for you. You'll be amazed at yourself if you just stick with it. You know, it's just a matter of uh, sticking with it, and you can change your life. You know, you really can. So, And I think, uh, you know, there's so many different uh, paces, you know, that everybody can join in. Yeah, you need, need the right shoes, you know, and a lot of people just go find the shoes, find the cheapest ones, you know, but you need to do a little research, you know, and we, we – you know help down at uh, big dogs so yeah you got to have the right shoes you know it's not only shoes you know just socks and you know the shirts or you know uh, tech shirts and shorts and you know it's just uh, kind of the whole ensemble really to uh, it just makes the running much more uh, enjoyable you know so you're not getting chafed and you know you're not getting sore from the wrong shoes and then uh, prevents injuries and just makes it more enjoyable and you were talking about um, earlier being still and knowing that he is God and, um, and you know, we, we have anxiety that is uh, exacerbated, it seems, by this pandemic. So with the added stress of this new normal, um, you have any advice for people in terms of how to how to get back on track and, and not only with mental health, but also with maybe they want to, uh, you know, they've gained some weight during all this. Yeah. So if you have gained weight during the pandemic, you are not alone. So that <laughs> but, should be comforting, comforting first. Uh, uh, but yes, to be still. So recognize what can you change? And people say, well, you know, when is a good time to start? And I always tell everybody, every day is a great day to start being healthier. Um, so forget about what you've done in the past. Let's start today. And what kind of changes can you make? today. So when it comes to stress, we know that poor nutrition and lack of physical activity can exacerbate stress. So if you're already stressed out because you're in the middle of a pandemic, let's take a look at what are you eating and are you moving your body? And address those two things. And then I think Dayton probably has some more to add to that. Yeah, we, we try to teach a comprehensive approach to all of these things. And a good example would be uh, sleep out of the gate. A lot of people don't understand the uh, impact that has on all other areas that you're trying to focus on. So when you mentioned weight loss as an example, uh, that usually doesn't come to mind for people in a weight loss program. So let me think about my sleep. But if you look at the rollover, sleep will create fatigue. It will create higher levels of stress. It will demotivate you to get the exercise in that you need. Um, everything starts rolling in the wrong direction. 
A lot of people turn to food for stress, which may be caused by fatigue, which is caused by a lack of sleep. So we need to get to the point to where we are looking at how do we stack these actions together to get them to work together. Sleep, stress, nutrition, and exercise. And last but certainly not least in some of the best of from Run the Race, the first uh, 49 episodes, uh, is uh, some folks talking about fighting and sports and some extreme sports, you might say. Um, hockey coach Jerome Bouchard, in the third most listened to episode of Run the Race, uh, talks about how he got the nickname Boom Boom when he was a uh, toothless hockey player and why fighting is part of that sport and, you know, trying to keep it safe but entertaining at the same time. I also talked to my former boss, uh, who was a longtime journalist, Mark McGee, who is now and still is a karate sensei. Uh, he talks about how he got involved in martial arts to try to prevent bullying as a kid. Uh, then he got involved in Buddhism, atheism, then turned back to Christianity and Tai Chi and how those two practices have helped him with pain, both mentally and physically. And then on episode number two, um, my very, very first guest of all time, has a special place in my heart. Cancer survivor and Ironman Cecil Chiefs talked about Carpe Diem and talked about competing in those uh, 12 to 15-hour Ironman events, which is just amazing. As a 70-year-old at that, uh, he talks about taking care of your body the way God wants. And this was just before the final Soldier Marathon. And his mantra is, Lord, may I have your grace. And he talks about uh, what it was like uh, competing in those uh, multiple Ironmans. You transition out of the water and get on a bike and put on your helmet and you clip in your shoes and and you bike 112 miles. Oof. And uh, that's that really is is the make or break in an Ironman uh, triathlon because uh, you separate yourself from the pack there and uh, you try to average close to 20 miles an hour on the bike and and. Uh, uh, that that's as I say a, a stiff effort, and all the elements you deal with: uh, the heat, the wind, the hills. Because uh, you're out there for how long total? You know, you know it, the the usually for me it was in the five to six and a half hour range, depending on uh, just for the bike many, part. Of just it. for the bike part on how many hills. The hillier the course, the longer that you're out there. I think the Lord made us to exercise and to eat have good diet exercise and diet are really the key to a healthy life sure and that's what i tell folks i mean i see uh, we all struggle with a sedentary life and particularly in a computer age where you can sit so long i do think you got to find the exercise that works for you mm -hmm. it, it, for some it can be walking for some it can be swimming some it can be weightlifting. a lot of it is just get, getting the heart rate up it's interesting when you get cancer um you rationalize a lot more. You can have that extra piece of pie. Say, look, I got cancer. I, I can live life to the fullest. You live life to the fullest. And then so, uh, but now I will, I'm real, very pleased to say I'm now cancer free. I just got a report this, just this week, uh, two days ago, as a matter of fact, that there's no sign of cancer. So wow. I, congratulations. I, uh, I told my wife, I'm going to have to find a new excuse <laughs> that, uh, you know, I've been saying now for a year, I can't do this or that because yeah. I've got cancer. But um, I'm feeling great. 
Yeah, you know what? Um, throughout the years, uh, playing hockey back in the '90s, uh, it was kind of minor league was kind of more like wrestling. So those nicknames were important to, I guess, uh, uh, market the players. Um, and of course, I had the long hair, no go, no no teeth, and goatee. Um, and actually, in Birmingham, my nickname was Jerome. Stay out of my yard, Bichard. And when I came to uh, Columbus, uh, Charlie Morrow at the time was the owner. I'm like, I'm like, sir. You can call me whatever the heck you want. You're paying me. So <laughs> boom, boom, kind of stuck. And uh, you know what? It's uh, boom, boom. A lot of people don't even know my real name. So uh, <laughs> boom, boom's fine. If you really think about it, I have a hockey stick in my hand. It's a lethal weapon. And, you know, if I choose to do something bad with it, I, I could hurt you really badly with, with it. So more, uh, you know, that, that respect has to be there. And uh, and sometimes the the line does get crossed, um, but more times than not, if I fought a guy, I'm going to buy him a beer afterwards and and say, hey, listen, hey, that was a good scrap, good job, and type thing. So, more times than not, it's it it it's just part of it and and part of the game and and you know what, entertaining. I mean, I knew more times than not during a game that if I, there was four thousand, five thousand people in the building, I knew I was going to fight. I'm 12 years old and I'm, I'm being bullied. So the idea of being able to defend myself was very interesting. <clears throat> so I got involved in judo and uh, then moved on into uh, karate. And when I moved into karate, I, I, I had a new teacher and in Japanese they're called senseis. And my new teacher was, was a Buddhist. I, I didn't know that. All I knew was he taught martial arts. <clears throat> so, over a period of time, he would introduce different ideas and concepts of Buddhism, and I became very, very interested in Eastern mysticism, to the point that I secretly, because I didn't want my parents to know, I secretly uh, was reading Buddhist writings. Uh, I challenged God on my on my talk show back when I was still a, I was still an atheist, and it was a talk show, radio talk show. <clears throat> uh, I had a bunch of Christians call and they, you know, they used to get really angry with me and they, you know, because they were trying to convince me that God existed, the Bible was real. And I would push back and I met a Tai Chi master and uh, began to learn Tai Chi and then began to teach it. And through that process, I found out that uh, through slow movements, uh, uh, my joint pain ended, my strength to the joints returned, and I'm in my 70s now and still able to do hard-style martial arts, but I believe that it's because I do this slow-moving exercise called Tai Chi every day that, that is that balance. It's great to look back and listen to all the, the great guests we've had on. We have some uh, wonderful ones coming up. In fact, our next episode, number 51, I believe, is going to be a, a young man uh, who I just recently talked to, uh, who is a coach at a local gym, but he's also a former college and pro basketball star who has some uh, very interesting stories about working and playing alongside Michael Jordan. Uh, he gives you some inspiration about how to meet some of those New Year's goals and get into the gym and, and uh, just you know have, have a great body and, and have fun doing it at the same time. So uh, Coach Abdul Fox has some great things to say about that and some, uh, some very cool basketball stories for sure. 
I wanted to tell you a story about how uh, recently uh, I went on a ski trip, snow skiing, with my son, who's 16 years old. It's his third time skiing, and I grew up skiing in the mountains of North Carolina. But uh, but it got me thinking about just life. You know, I, I love skiing, and um, thank goodness I didn't fall or hurt myself at all uh, skiing up in uh, uh, the state of North Carolina. But uh, you know, it's it's interesting how you have to have patience going uphill uh, on those chairlifts. It takes you know five, ten, even 15 minutes standing in line. And, and going up there even longer sometimes, getting up to the near the top or even at the top of the mountain to, to, to ski down. And when you're going down, it's pretty fast. You can ski down a slope, you know, within like three to five minutes. So it's very quick. And it's about a third of the time it takes you to get up there. So that's kind of a good lesson in life that sometimes it takes a while to get up that hill and get up to the valley. But, but you can really, you know, fall very fast. So you have to watch yourself when it comes to uh, your body being fit, and also when it comes to your faith, your Christianity, or whatever you believe. Uh, and, and, and I truly believe uh, it's so important. You know, each episode we do a uh, food for thought and uh, parting gifts. Um, so uh, no news tidbits for you this time around, but you can listen to any of those in our previous 49 episodes. But the parting gift is a verse uh, from Pastor Jay Bailey, who I, I was talking about uh, what he said earlier on social media about the uh, the breaking into the uh, U.S. Capitol building. Uh, one of the things that he said he was reminded of was James three seventeen through 18. It says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness, and uh, that's what we want to reap. We uh, reap what you sow, and so we need to be uh, peace-loving. We need to have mercy for others and, and being sincere in our love for others, not just because it benefits us, right? Um, and we always uh, you know, do a closing prayer on our Run the Race podcast, so I thought that we would close out this 50th episode of Run the Race, uh, which again, thank you so much for supporting us and continuing to do so. Uh, our closing prayer is, is from some previous episodes, episodes 24 and 33, uh, including Pastor uh, Big Lee McBride, who's a podcast host himself, a uh, uh, a man that I've known for decades, and uh, he, you know, he, he's led uh, thousands of men and football players to Christ, and also an African American entrepreneur and runner herself, Patrice Riley, who who opened up on her episode about faith and racism. Uh, here are their uh, prayers uh, as we close out. Run the race, Lord. We just believe you're who you say you are. It's just that simple. Our the scripture says we'll never see the kingdom of heaven without faith like a child. Here are two men right here that are, Lord, we're flawed. We, we have flaws. And, Lord, we're, we're definitely not perfect, but two brothers in Christ right here who just kind of take you at your word every day with a childlike faith. We just believe that, that we believe your word. We believe that we can do anything through Christ Jesus. And we believe that you've called us to what we're doing, and believe, we believe we should be doing it with excellence. So, Father, if anybody's listening today that may not, may have a dream for you, may have something that they want to do, but they just feel like they can't get there, well, Father, with you, they can get there. They can get there. And uh, we just want to tell you we love you. Abba, I thank you. I thank you for every single listener. 
right now in the name of Jesus. Open up their hearts so that they may receive the word that you have spoken to them, Father. May they grasp a word and let that seed be planted, Father God, and let someone else go and water it. Lord, we thank you that you have created us uniquely and divinely. Show us our uniqueness, Father. Show us how you uh, designed this world to function and properly and giving you the glory, Lord. I pray a hedge of protection over everyone listening to this podcast, Father God, from the sound of my voice. May healing and comfort and peace just overflow them, right? Overtake them right now, Father. We thank you that we have the joy of the Lord and and our um, promises are in you, Father God, that we will live an abundant life. I speak that over us, over everyone listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.